I'm preaching a message today that <clears throat> the Lord has been working within me since I was a kid. It's transformed my life. And in the last six days, and specifically in the last two days, I've encountered God in a way that I've never encountered him in my entire life. It brought me to my knees. I've been in tears all weekend. And it's just because I realized so much of what we're missing, so much of what I've been missing, that there's so much more to this life than just getting saved. There's so much more to this life than just getting saved and then struggling and striving and saying, oh, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm trying. I'm just working through those same things I've been working through. One of these days, God would deliver me. No, we're not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. And God's encountered me in a way that I don't know how to explain to you other than to just give my testimony. So that's what I'm gonna do today. I have two testimonies, a few things we're gonna be teaching on the Holy Spirit. Listen, I don't, I don't know if you had Father's Day plans. Um, we're gonna be here a while, okay? Just wanna let you know. So if you have to leave, that's fine, but I don't want you to miss what God wants to do today. You guys okay? Yes. All right. I know I'm outside of the light, and they're gonna tell me to scoot back. It's gonna be hard today. I wanna, get, I, I wanna be like over there, so you guys, I can feel what's going on. I'm not really preaching with notes today, I never do that, but the Lord told me to, so. I have verses though, so that's nice. I'm still trying to memorize them. We're talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Does anybody know, uh, who has no idea what that is? Raise your hand, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. No clue, okay. Everybody has heard about it before, Who's confused about it? Raise your hand. Be honest. You don't know exactly what it is? Okay. There's a lot more of you that are confused about it than you understand, okay? Because I have been for years. And I, I knew the truth, but I didn't walk in it. And I think that's an even more scary place to be. Like, oh, I understand. I'm just not living it. That's a weird place to be, right? That's a terrifying place to find yourself. Ooh, praise God. Here we go. I'm gonna start and do a little bit of teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna give some testimony, tell you what God's done in the last couple of days. And then we're gonna pray at the end for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you're freaked out already, then that's okay. That's fine. But hold your hands open, okay? Whatever you've been taught about the Holy Spirit, throw it out the window and we're starting over. Can we do that? Sound good? All right, we're gonna start over. Everything I know about the Holy Spirit, goodbye. All right, we're gonna go to scripture and see what this book says, okay? It's on my phone. I brought my Bible today somewhere. I was gonna read out of there, but there's not enough light, so I needed the light on my phone. So we're gonna read out of the Bible and just see what the Bible has to say. We're not gonna think about what I've been taught. We're not gonna think about what that pastor said one time. We're not gonna think about my experience. It didn't line up with what the word of God said. We're gonna just look to the scriptures. Let's do that first, okay? So it starts with John the Baptist. We know John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist was the one that was sent before Jesus 
to proclaim the coming of who? The Messiah, right? He was gonna proclaim the coming of the Messiah and, and he's baptizing people in water. He has his own disciples. He's baptizing them in water for repentance of sins. And, uh, and then, then we pick this up here. And John, his only job in life was to tell people about the one that was to come. What a cool job, right? Says he was kind of a weird dude. He was out eating, he ate locusts and, and, and honey, and he just was kind of like a wilderness guy, and just kind of an odd dude, right? But yet he had a unique call in his life and a unique plan on his life specifically to be able to recognize the, the Messiah, the Son of God, when he arrived. So Luke 3, I'm going to do a lot of scripture today. I'm, I don't have it on the screens because I just want you to listen. John answered them all. You can look these up too if you want. Luke 3.16. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What is he saying? He's saying, there will be one that will come after me, the one who I am telling you about. He's gonna come and he's gonna baptize you, not with water, right, but with what? The Holy Spirit and fire, that sounds a little freaky, right? Okay, sounds a little freaky, but th that's what he says. And then it says, the next day, we go to John 1, skip a little bit. It's the same story, just in a different gospel. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So John's proclaiming now, wow, this is him. This is the Messiah. This is the Jesus. This is the one that we've been waiting for. The Jews have been waiting for this Messiah for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to finally come and be the one uh, that they thought would overthrow the government and all this stuff. They, they didn't fully understand, right? Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I'm not gonna read this, but what happens is, is Jesus comes up to John and basically John is like, hey, Jesus says, hey, you got to baptize me. And John's like, no way, Jose. I'm not baptizing you, man. You got to baptize me. It's like, that's, I'm not baptizing you, son of God. You know, like he, he has that unique ability, right? The Holy Spirit had, 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 had been with him and to, to recognize that, John specifically. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Like, this is how the scriptures have to be fulfilled. You know this. Come on, John. And he says, okay, all right, all right, all right. And so John finally baptizes him, and it says this, as soon as, G Matthew 3, 16 now, skipping over, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Now, that would be pretty fun, right? <laughs> what if he does, someone gets baptized in a swimming pool out in your backyard, you're baptizing someone, and then just the clouds are like, Boo! And you're like, this is my son and who I am well pleased. You know, it's like, that's incredible. Like, that's, that's insane. You see this, the heavens open. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, not an actual like, you know, dove, like not like that. It's a, it's a metaphor. It was like he kind of descended upon like, like kind of like a bird coming down. It's, it, it's a visual that he was using. That's why a dove is a sign of peace, international sign of peace. Did you know that? That's, that's Bible right there. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. But if you look at John 1.32, it has this little tiny thing in there and it's so, so important. It says, the Holy Spirit came down on him like a dove and remained. And that's the key. Those two words, and remained. 
The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, you see many, many times, the Holy Spirit would, would, would come on somebody and, and they would have the power of the Holy Spirit to give a prophetic word. Maybe it was to the Israelites. Or they would have, uh, you know, you have Elijah that's on top of the mountain, right? We talk about that. And then he calls down fire from heaven and just, you know, explodes this offering that he had poured water on. It's like, this is gonna be great, guys. Like, check this out. You know, he pours water all over the offering and just, is, just messing with him. And then bam, like the, the offering just gets absolutely exploded with the fire of God. That was the Holy Spirit coming upon Elijah, right? To be able to do that. But the Holy Spirit didn't remain on him. The Holy Spirit would come in the Old Testament for a reason and for a season, but did not stay with anybody ever until right here. You never see that in scripture until Jesus right here and remained. So Jesus is now the first man, right? He's fully God, fully man, and before we go any farther, I want to make sure that we understand that, okay? Because some people, some of my friends and some people maybe in this room will get, you like, hold on a second, like, we're going to talk about this. Jesus was fully God and fully man. Amen? We believe that? It's all right. We're going to be okay, guys. I promise, all right? <laughs> Pastor Trevor's being real weird today, guys, all right? It's okay. Fully God, fully man. <clears throat> and yet he says, Jesus said this, the son by himself can do what? Nothing. The son by himself can do nothing. Why would he say that? Because when Jesus came down to earth as a baby, he chose to live as a man. He chose to be tempted as a man in the wilderness for 40 days. He chose to live as a man fully submitted to the father, right? He says this, the son by himself can do nothing, but I only do what I see my father doing. How does he do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit that remained on him. Amen? He has the power of the Holy Spirit now, and what does Jesus do? He goes out and he heals the sick, right? He casts out demons, and, and, and he, heals, he heals so many people, and he has words of knowledge for people. He, it says that he can actually hear the thoughts of other people, right? Isn't that incredible? It says Jesus knew their thoughts. And most of the time he used it as a way to get, you know, kind of get at the Pharisees. Like the Pharisees are just kind of grumbling to themselves. And it says, and Jesus knew their thoughts. <laughs> Wouldn't that be terrifying? You know, what's funny is that the Holy Spirit knows every thought you have. So it is terrifying and it's happening right now. So that's great. Every thought that we have. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus did that, right? He's fully man, fully God. He never ceased to be God. Come on, we understand that. But yet he chose to live as a man, fully submitted to the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit to do the Father's will. Do we understand that relationship? We got that? Okay. Break that off here real quick if you thought that that was not a thing. Here's the deal. If Jesus did miracles as God, then I would be impressed. Like, that's, that's awesome. You know, like, he goes and heals somebody. That's awesome. That's so cool, right? He has these thoughts, and he's like, oh, I know exactly what you're thinking right now. You want a donut, John, don't you, right now? And it's like, <laughs> like I do want a donut. How did you know? You know, like, that's awesome. You know, that's really cool. He casts out our demons. So I'm like, ah, you know, like, a demon comes out of somebody. You're like, whoa, that's amazing. That's awesome that you can do that, Jesus, as God. That's really cool. But what does that turn you into? It turns you into a spectator. That's awesome, what you can do. Really cool. 
But if Jesus does the miracles that he does on earth as a man submitted to the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, only doing what he sees the Father doing, and he's, he's a man doing these things, then now it is an example for us to follow. Does that make sense? It's an example for you and for me to say, hey, listen, I'm living just as you. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is about Elijah. I can't remember where it's at. I'm learning how to get better about remembering references, but I just know them. They're in my heart, okay? It says, Elijah was just a man. You go find it. Type it. Elijah was just a man. He wasn't any different than you or me. And yet, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to call fire down from heaven and explode this offering. And the 400 prophets of Baal got slaughtered at that time. And then, man, it was just incredible what God did in that moment, just proving in, in the power of God, just the raw power of God in that moment. And what does it say? Elijah was just a man, just submitted. That's all he was. Jesus was a man submitted to the Father through the Holy Spirit. If he does it as God, it's impressive. I'm a spectator. If he does it as a man submitted, then now I have no choice but to be compelled to live like him because what are we supposed to be? What does Christian mean? It means little Christ. That's literally what it means. It means little Christ. And we're supposed to follow Jesus and do everything that Jesus did, right? Amen? We're supposed to do all the things that, that Jesus did. So, and actually, as a matter of fact, he said that you would do even greater works. So you're going to do even greater works. Now, some people would say, well, it's not going to be greater in the, the miracle necessarily of what that is. And they say, well, it's just more extensive. I don't care like what it means, right? You can get into semantics of, was it going to be a cooler miracle? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Who knows? But Jesus said it, right? I mean, you're going to do greater works than these. Maybe it means it's going to be spread out and go throughout all the land and there's going to be more, right? And I love that. That's amazing. But it doesn't say, and you're going to do none of these, right? It doesn't say that. It says you're going to do even greater. So I want to talk to you about the three baptisms that we see throughout Scripture. We're in this series called Erased, How We Neglect the Holy Spirit. And the Lord told me to do this series, and I've been waiting for this day because I knew this day would come. I was going to do this next week, but then the Holy Spirit told me to do it this week. So here we are. Um, there's three baptisms, okay? The first one is when you get saved, right? You get saved, and, and what is that? That's, that's the Holy Spirit leading you to the Father. Remember, I talked a little bit about, it's actually not us finding God, it's God finding us, amen? Aren't you grateful that God is jealous? He's a jealous God. It says in the word that he wants a relationship with you. God wills that none would perish, but that all would have eternal life. That's Bible. You can look that one up too. And so the Holy Spirit indwells us when we say yes to Jesus, right? We say yes to God. Like, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. I'm gonna have new life in you. I say yes to you, and he who calls on the name of the Lord shall be, what? Saved. I've called on the name of the Lord. The Holy Spirit's living within me now. This is amazing. I love this. I'm saved, and now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to heaven, but that's not what it's all about. It's about me becoming uh, just this new identity, this new person. I'm now a son of God. Like, I've been adopted into this family. Like, that's a beautiful thing, right? And then the second baptism, 
So that, so that first, thought, first one is the Holy Spirit baptizing you, right? It's the Holy Spirit that's, that's convicting your heart. We talked about this, convicts our hearts, draws us to the Father, okay? The second one is the disciples or anybody baptizes in water, right? Water baptism. What is water baptism? It's simply just a recognition of being baptized in the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, amen? It's a physical representation of me saying, I am now dead, and it is now Christ that lives where? Within me. Jesus lives within me now. The spirit of Jesus, it says the spirit of the son lives within us. And so we get baptized in water. And you know, it's just like, you know, you're going under in the tomb, right? That's what that looks like. If you didn't know, that's what that means. You go in the tomb and then you come out of the water and it's a representation of the newness of life. I'm a new person. I'm not that person. That person is dead and gone. And now I have new life in Jesus. Amen. Isn't that good news? Come on now. That's good stuff. You guys okay? You all right? Okay. It's going to get good. I promise. It is. It's already good. Here we go. But then there's a third baptism that we have largely neglected, and it is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, people have different ways of thinking on this. They say, well, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit when you get saved. That's what that is. No, no, no. There is a third and distinct baptism in the Holy Spirit. And what is this now? It says in the Bible that who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire? Jesus. Remember John said it. He said, there, there's one that will come that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit in fire. He's greater than me. He's greater than anybody that's ever lived. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. That sounds a little bit different, right? That sounds different than going under and coming back up. It sounds a little bit different than saying, yes, Jesus, because that's the Holy Spirit that's drawing us to the Father. So now we have the Holy Spirit. Now we have Jesus that's actually drawing us to the Holy Spirit. You know why? And when Jesus left, what did he say? Remember we talked about this. He said, I have to leave and it's actually better for you that I go. It's better for you that I leave, which sounds weird. We want Jesus right next to us, right? But he said, it's better for you that I go. And when I go and I go back to my father, I will send the advocate. I will send the Holy Spirit to you. So it's Jesus that does it. He sends the Holy Spirit. Let's get back to scripture. How about that? I've been quoting it. Acts 1.5. We'll be in the book of Acts for a while if you want to turn there. John truly baptized with water. This is Jesus talking. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, so he's talking to the disciples saying, hey, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then he says this in Acts 1.8. We talked about this before, but you shall receive What? Power. Come on, somebody say, you shall receive power. power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You will receive power. We remember we looked at that. That word in the Greek is dunamis. What does that mean? It means ability. It means ability, power, strength. You will receive the ability to be my witnesses in all the land to the ends of the earth. Could you be a witness for Jesus without this? Sure, you could. But will you have all of the ability and all the tools that you need to be the best possible witness that you could be for Jesus? No, why, that's why he says, wait. He said, don't go, don't do anything else. 
Don't go out there and try to witness the people until you receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Don't go anywhere. So they listened. <laughs> I would listen too, I think. Because then Jesus got taken up into the cloud right after them. He's like, hold on, don't go anywhere. Go to stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the Holy Spirit. I'll send them to you. And he's like, all right, guys, see you later. Just yeet it out of there. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Jesus just went straight up to the heavens and then like, <laughs> I would wait too after seeing that. Okay, let's go pray, guys. So then they pray for 10 days. 10 days, they pray in the upper room, it says, okay? And it says in Acts 2, and there was about 120 in the upper room. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, unity, okay? There's about 100 of us here. So about this size. So it's biblical. We're ready, guys. Here we go. All right, here we go. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. I don't know what that means. Cool? All right, moving on. <clears throat> Nobody does. If they try to tell you, they don't. It was weird. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That is also weird. <laughs> Very weird. I just talked to our team this morning. I said, listen, in a, I, I said, Sometimes things that God does are weird. Can we just admit that for a second? Kind of freaky. You ever seen an ocean parted before? You ever seen that? Not in Bruce Almighty, like his like red you know, soup, tomato soup gets parted. I always thought that was so funny. But just imagine if you were there. Imagine if you were one of the Hebrews that was being brought out of Egypt in captivity for years and years and years, and then Moses takes his staff and goes, bam, and and now you walk across dry ground. I don't know, how, what does that even look like? Was there just like a wall of water or whatever? I saw a funny video the other day where it's like these crabs were getting married underground. He's like, do you take this crab to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you take this crab to be your lawfully wedded wife? And you say, I do. And they went, I, just, and they just got obliterated, both sides going that way. I'm like, that's weird, you know what I mean? Like, it, what about Jesus? He puts, he spits in his hand and puts mud on this blind guy's eyes and now the blind guy can see. Jesus, that's pretty weird, okay? Like, did you have to do the whole thing with the mud and the spit and stuff? Like, COVID, come on, Jesus. Like, don't you understand? It's weird. It's not hygienic, you know? It's weird. A lame guy getting up, he's been, you know, paralyzed for 40 years, gets up and runs around, take up your mat and go right? That's weird. In the Old Testament, uh, God led them throughout the wilderness in the daytime, how? Hmm? Cloud. And then a pillar of fire at night. Would you follow the weird tornado fire, like, like the fire tornado? Would you follow it? Honestly, I probably would. Be like, yo, that's dope. I'm following that thing. Like, that's cool, you know? Like, that's weird, though. And we get so afraid of the things we don't understand. I preached about this two weeks ago. We push away things that we don't understand. And this is why we push away the Holy Spirit, because we think that he's weird. And we don't get him. We don't understand. It's hard to get. It's hard to understand. 
Some of y'all feel that, right? You're like, yeah, you know, I, I don't fully get this. Like even what you're saying right now, I don't fully get it. It's weird and I, you, you, I, there's a resistance, right? I feel it, okay? I feel it coming this way from you, from some of you, okay? Some of y'all are like, yes, Lord. You know, like I've been waiting for this, you know? And then some of y'all are just like, eh, like, oh, it's a little, it's a little weird for Father's Day, right? You know, I, actually, you know what? I will take the Father's Day message, okay? You know, like it's, it's a little weird. I feel the resistance, but that's okay, all right? Because... The Lord's gonna do it, don't worry. It'll be all right. Peter preaches after that. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They speak in other tongues, which that's a whole other weird topic, right? Like, what does that even mean? We'll get to that. But he preaches and it says 3,000 people got saved like that. Isn't that cool? What if I gave a message and 3,000 people got saved? Like, it just, it just walked out into the street in your neighborhood, and people just coming from all over the neighborhood because they heard some crazy sound over at this house and they just start coming up and like all these dudes are just walking around acting like they're drunk. That's what it says. They're like, you guys are drunk. You know what Peter says? He stands up and says, we're not drunk. It's nine in the morning. <laughs> That's literally what he says. Go look it up. It's nine in the morning, guys. You seriously think we're drunk right now? Like we're not having mimosas and then we're just out here just like, hey, you know, like speaking in tongues or whatever. No, no, no. He says, but this is what the prophet Joel prophesied, that in the last days, I will pour my spirit out upon all men, upon all flesh. This is what Joel prophesied. And Jesus, or Peter is saying, hey, this is, this is happening. This is it right now. The prophecy is being fulfilled right now in front of your eyes. 3,000 people saved. Listen, here's the deal with that right there. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not just for you. It's not so that you can have cool spiritual gifts and go pray for somebody and they be healed and then you have a cool testimony that you can share on social media, right? It's not for the building up of you necessarily, but it's so that others can find Jesus. I preached this last week. It's not so that you can say, wow, that's cool, but it's so that others can say, wow, God is real. God is real. This is amazing. Jesus said that these signs shall follow those that, what? Believe. These signs shall follow those that believe. They might follow, they won't follow. They'll follow every once in a while or whenever we feel like it or what is that? No, they shall, they will. These signs shall follow those that believe. You heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Some other weird things in there too, but he says all kinds of things. There's a list. But listen, you don't need the Holy Spirit. I see you, okay, you're like, what? <laughs> you don't need the Holy Spirit if you don't wanna be a witness. If you don't wanna tell people about Jesus, you wanna keep it to yourself, fine. You don't need the Holy Spirit. Just do what you've been doing. Leave and never come back and never be changed. Will you go to heaven? Absolutely. Are you less of a Christian if you don't have the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. Don't put that guilt and shame on yourself. If you haven't had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you've been a Christian for 40 years, do not put that guilt and shame on yourself. Absolutely not. That's from Satan. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He brings guilt, condemnation, shame, those kinds of things. That's not from God if you feel that way. So stop that right now, those of you that are feeling that. You don't need the Holy Spirit if you don't want to be a witness. 
Penn Jillette. You know Penn and Teller? Y'all ever seen? Anybody know who that, like the magic guys, right? You like Penn and Teller? They're hilarious, man. They're magicians, really cool ones, and they have a show and everything. I think it's like, uh, what's the name of the show? Fool Me something or Fool Us? Yeah, so funny. Cool show where you're a magician, you try to fool them. He's an atheist, okay? He's straight up atheist, and he said this. I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell and not getting eternal life, and you think it's really not worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward? And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, who just say, leave me alone and keep your religion to yourself, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond the shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that the truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is way more important than that. That came from an atheist. An atheist. We don't share our faith for one of two reasons. Number one, we're nervous it'll be social, like socially awkward. People think we're weird, okay? And I understand that, okay? I've been there. I, it's hard. It's weird. It is weird. Coming up to somebody like, do you know Jesus? You know, like, I don't know, like random stranger. I did that the last couple of days. It's been really fun. I'll tell you about it. Or the second is you don't believe. Either you think it's weird and you just don't want to share or you're uncomfortable with it or you just don't believe that it's true. Like you just don't believe that Jesus was real and that he died on the cross for your sins. That he was raised from the dead on the third day and he sits at the right hand of the Father and he prays for you now. So either we believe it or we don't. Are we good? Like, are you following me? Like, do we believe what we say we believe? Because if we did and we believe that hell is a real place and heaven is a real place and we're too worried about our reputation to not tell somebody about that, then what are we doing? An atheist has more revelation than the whole church. That's not okay with me. You have to ask yourself, do I really believe this? Like, do I? Like, just within yourself, do I believe that Jesus is really the son of God, fully God, fully man, all this stuff? I do. Let me tell you a little bit about my testimony. I gotta fly. I grew up in church. I was saved at seven years old. Kids camp, come on now, somebody. Love kids camp. Called my mom on a payphone. Told her I had been saved. She cried. She cries a lot. She's not here. Hey, mom, love you. <clears throat> I was baptized in water at 10. And then I was taught about the Holy Spirit for the first time at 15. Never been taught before about the Holy Spirit. And I didn't fully understand it. I was in a church service and they were like praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, I received the Holy Spirit. It was incredible. I felt it just felt the power of God come on me, start to speak in tongues, weird, 
didn't understand what I was saying. Just the weirdest thing, bro. I was 15 years old. I was a kid, okay? No one else around me was doing this, by the way. I was by myself. Like, I overhear a lady talking to my mom later. And just, I'm, I'm praying. I'm seeking God at the altar. And a lady over here is talking to my mom saying, it's okay, he's faking it. He doesn't really, like, know what's going on right now. But, like, it's okay. Like, we'll keep praying for him. <clears throat> messed me up for a while. Messed me up. Because I knew that God had done something in me. But I didn't know how to reconcile what she was saying versus what I was feeling. What God had done in me versus what the world was trying to tell me, right? So anyway, by myself, I'm tired of this. I'm like, I know I didn't fake this. I know it's real. Like, I don't know what's going on. I go out to the playground at my little Christian school by myself. I'm, 15, I'm in eighth grade, guys. I go out to the playground by myself and I say, God, I need more of you. I'm done with this. I'm not faking. I know this is real. I know it's in the word and I know this is a thing and I want more of you, God. I want to be able to, 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 to be a witness just like Jesus. I was just reading my Bible. That's all I was doing. I just read my Bible. It's there. You can read it too. I want more, God. Bam, out on the floor, right on the playground, in the gravel. Just out in the Holy Spirit, right on my back. Started speaking in tongues, just going after it. I was just like, you know, the weirdest thing, I'm telling you. I've never experienced anything like this, right? And so just out laying there. And then some of my teachers and, and some other people came out and they see me out there. You know, if you're at a school and you're a teacher or a nurse or something and you see a kid laying out on the playground, you're thinking heat stroke or like, you know, and they're, you know, Christian school. So they brought me in and, and they start, you know, like they're praying for me and they're like, it's, it's, it's demonic. Oh my gosh, it's demonic. And I'm like, no, 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 it's God. It's God, it's God. Stop telling me that, stop. You know what that is? That's Satan trying to tell you that what he's doing inside of you is not real. And it was real. And he's using the mouths of people that think that they know better, that think that they have your best interest at heart. Sometimes the people that are closest to you will hold you back from all God wants for you. And you'll hear within them, they'll say, well, I don't really know. Are you sure that's what God said, right? And it's so small like that. Are you sure that this is what you want to do? Or like, or they'll kind of look at you a little funny or whatever, and you just kind of you know, you back off, right? Peter had to tell somebody that was speaking the truth of God, right? Was following around. These are men of God. Look at these men. These are men of God, right? This is awesome awesome uh, uh, experience. Peter's just walking around. These are men of God. He turns around and says, get out of here. Like, demon, come out of this lady, right? Why did he do that? She was saying, these are men of God. Like, they're actually saying good things, right? She's saying, wow, look at them. Get out of her. Because what she was doing was she's trying to draw attention to the wrong things, trying to puff their heads up. It was a demon that was trying to mess with them as they were on their journey. He said, you get, get out of here. Come on now. Like he saw right through that. But sometimes we let those people that are so close to us hold us back from what God wants for us. Was it fake? Was it real? It was real. A little bit later in that year, I was asked, I wrote a song called Take Me to the Cross. It's my first worship song I ever wrote. I was 15 years old. Just simple. Take me to the cross where you died so I can look at it with my own eyes. It is not just a symbol of a tree, 
but is a symbol of love and mercy. Take me to the cross. 15 years old, okay? My pastor, 5,000 person church up in Austin says, I played it at chapel. He said, you're playing that this Sunday in front of the whole church. I had a janky old $99 guitar from Guitar Center. Come on, Tim knows. Like a little Fender, you know, it was like a Squire, you know what I'm saying? Like Squire Strat, nasty little thing. I didn't even have an acoustic to play on. I get in front of 5,000 people as a 15-year-old and play my little janky guitar, my little skinny-looking self, nasty-looking eighth grader, and sing my heart out and saying, take me to the cross. And God speaks to me and says, this is what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. I still remember it as if it was yesterday. He said, this is what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. I didn't know if that meant music at the time. I didn't know what it meant, but now I know that he meant ministry. He meant I was gonna be on a stage. I was gonna be preaching. I was gonna be singing. I was gonna be leading people toward Jesus with the words out of my mouth. You're gonna be doing this for the rest of your life. Okay, then... I went to a, a charismatic church, okay? Never been to one of those before. I thought it was a little freaky at first, I'm gonna be honest, but I knew the Holy Spirit had just come within me, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was like, what in the world's going on? I don't know what to do from here, okay? Uh, Stephen and then our kids pastor, uh, Caroline. I didn't even know Caroline, but I knew Stephen. And so he took me to this church his, his mom was going to. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's people just praying for one another, giving words of knowledge, which is just basically you just know it. Somebody ever read your mail before? You know what I'm talking about? Like they just like knew exactly what was going on in your life. It's just that, but at a very like, woo, exact spiritual level. It's intense. And uh, I started leading worship there. While I was going to, I switched to a Lutheran high school. So I was at a Lutheran high school and at a charismatic church. And throughout the week at my school, I was a heretic because I was like the crazy charismatic, right? And at my charismatic church, I wasn't charismatic enough. I was the conservative, right? But I saw both sides of these things and these things were just kind of warring within me like the liturgy and the, the, the tradition of, of scripture and of God and the church. And then on the other side, I see the Holy Spirit and him moving. And over here, there's accountability and there's structure. And over here, it's a bunch of wackadoodles, right? You know what I mean? Like, like what do I do? And I saw both of those things at war with one another, but really I, don't, ah, that's a whole, I can't get into that. The Lord started to reveal to me that those don't have to be at war, but they can be united. Amen? I went to Bible college at 19, or at 18, and then I was there for a year. Got an un, or let me tell you, I left Bible college to work. I got a job in San Antonio, middle school ministry worship, all right? And I've told this story before, the Whataburger story, if you know it, I'm gonna briefly tell it, but I went in a season of about two months where I prayed every single day for four hours a day, okay? 19 years old, four hours a day, from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Not in the middle of the day. That wasn't like, oh, I'm clocking, you know, working my hours and getting paid hourly, which I was. I was making bank at camps. Youth camp, they pay you from 7 a.m. until midnight. Boy, it was awesome, okay? Summers, we made bank. So, uh, no, 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 I wasn't doing that. No, no, no. I would, I would go to work, and then I would come home. I would have dinner. I was actually living at Alex, at Alex's house, his parents' house. So I was in Alex's room while he was actually at college and his parents let me stay there. So in, in Alex's room, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., I'm praying. 
I'm reading my Bible, I'm worshiping. I'm saying, God, I need more of you. I need more of this. And God, I wanna, I wanna not just have this for me, but for others. Would you use me? God, give me a word of knowledge for somebody. Would you speak to me while I sleep in dreams and in visions and, and show me people that I need to talk to and to, to reach out to? God, I don't, I don't understand this stuff. Like, these people seem kind of weird to me, but it seems like they, they have something, they got something, and these people don't have any power, but they have accountability and I like that. And I just like, I have all these things warring in my head. And I was like, enough. Like, I just want more of God. I don't care about any of this stuff. Okay, so I started going after this. Two months. And then finally, after about two months, every night, I would listen to the Bible app uh, on my headphones while, the whole night while I was asleep, okay? Or I'd play it like kind of next to my ear. Scripture in my ear all night. I woke up after about two months. I just went to sleep at 2 a.m. one night. I wake up at 4 a.m., two hours after I went to sleep. Bam, vision. There's a guy in Whataburger with a cast on, gotta go pray for him. Said, nope, tried to go back to sleep, right? Okay, I was like, not doing it, okay? I don't wanna do it. I had bad, you know, maybe bad tacos or pizza or something like that. I'm not doing it. The Lord says, go, whatever. So I go, sit in Whataburger for 45 minutes. You know, there's people coming in and out or whatever. And these, I finally just said, you know what, Lord? I guess I missed, I misheard you, you know? So I get up and, and, about to leave and then this kid gets up that's been there the whole time and his friends reach under grab his crutches and he starts to walk out like this you know on his crutches and God said you doubted me oh cut to my heart just ripped me open right so what did I do I, I just the exact way I saw it in my vision I kid you not the exact same thing I saw so I ran after him, of course. I was like, ah, there he is, you know? So I run after him outside and I was like, man, I don't know who you are or whatever, but God showed me you in a vision. I know it sounds weird, but he told me to come here at four in the morning to pray for you, for your leg to be healed. Kid was like, he was like, can I pray for you? And he was like, I mean, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, sure. So I pray for him a couple times. And I wish I could say the story was, right, that he was instantly healed and he ripped off the cast and he ran around praising God, you know, like, I wish that was the story, but that's not what happened, okay? But what I did do after that is I said, hey, listen, man, I believe God sent me here for a purpose. I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't to tell you that God loves you and he cares for you. He showed me you specifically. The only reason I'm here is because I saw you. So obviously God wants to do something in your life, my man. I just want you to know God loves you. He cares for you. He has a big plan for your life. I'm 19, guys. I'm not 40 with a PhD in theology, okay? But then a little bit later, <clears throat> after that, not that long after that, so I got a little scared. I got terrified because God started to speak to me and I started to see things and it was weird. It freaked me out. After that, pretty much I stopped doing my every night four hour thing. Now I'm not saying you have to pray for four hours every day, guys, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But I stopped because I was freaked out. And so not that long after that, I got back in a relationship with a girl I shouldn't have been with. And just after 19 or at the end of my, you know, being 19, uh, I slept with my girlfriend for the first time. And how many of you know that sometimes when you're on the cusp of something amazing, and God starts to really speak to you, that's when he's gonna start to mess with you. Connection cut off with the Lord. Stopped hearing him. 
But then I started rationalizing it, right? I started reasoning. I was like, well, maybe that was just for that one time or whatever. And like, so then I was in church. I went and worked for another church and I was part-time at Applebee's, part-time at this church doing youth a little bit, a little bit of worship. And I'm in church on a Sunday morning. Praise Jesus. Come on now. Love you, Lord. I got a great voice. Come on now. I can sing now. I can. I can. And, and, and it's fine. And I, I'm glad that I have that gift. I've worked on it for years. I know that I can sing. I can lead worship like that. Entire room of people. I've led worship for thousands and thousands of people. Massive, massive things. Tim knows. Like, we've done it together. Like, lots of people. I can operate in the giftings that God has given me outside of a relationship with him. And that's a terrifying place to be. It says in the Bible that there will come a day where people will stand before God and they'll say, Lord, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we do all these amazing things in your name? And he'll say, get away from me. I don't even know who you are. What does that mean? It means you can operate in a gifting and you can, it makes it seem like, you know, I'll lead worship, sure. And everybody's like, man, when you ministered to me, that was really powerful. I'm like, oh, God bless you, sir. You know, it's all him, it's all him, right? And then the next couple days later, I'm staying the night with my girlfriend. How do you, I I was a hypocrite. I was living a double life. And then I was full of guilt and shame. And I couldn't live with myself. And if it wasn't for that lady that's on the soundboard today, I don't know what I would have done. Tim's wife, Emily, said, you have a meeting with pastor. And I was like, okay, cool. And she brought me to the meeting and said, you tell him everything right now. And I said, yes, (laughs) ma'am. She's been our band mom. Like, so we would travel together and do worship and everything. She was the band mom. So she played that role really well uh, that day. So I told him everything. I left the church and then I broke up with that girl because I knew that that wasn't, she was going away that I didn't want to go. And I wish I could say at that moment, that was when God did it. No. I went to the square in San Marcos and started to party. I started to drink, started to be with people I shouldn't have been with, hanging out with people I shouldn't have hung out with. Girls, all that, the whole nine yards, six months. Felt awful every single day. Just drowning it in alcohol and parties and people. Wasn't going to church. Running from the call of God in my life. Baptized in the Holy Spirit and yet grieving the Holy Spirit. You know the Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? It means when the Holy Spirit's talking to you, and you're just not listening. Holy, if, if my wife was just talking to me and talking to me and talking to me and talking to me, I'm just not listening, eventually that's going to grieve her, okay? Like she's going to be upset. Holy Spirit was talking to me. God's never silent. I mean, do you understand that? God is always speaking to each and every one of you. We just have to be able to tune our ears to hear his voice. So anyway, I was grieving the Holy Spirit, guilty, shame, all this stuff, six months. And then finally, I don't know what it was, but there was one day when I just got whacked by the Holy Spirit, by the Father. I really felt like it was just a Father kind of presence. I I can't fully understand it. And it was just in my heart. He was like, what are you doing? 
This is not who you are. This is not what I've called you to. And I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea, man. I met a girl online and went up to Connecticut, hung out with her in New York for a week, messed around and came, like, what am I doing? It's just stupid. Some of you are feeling the guilt and shame and conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. That is not from God. There's, 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 there's guilt and there's shame and there's condemnation. That's one thing. There's conviction. That's another thing. Do you understand? Recognize the difference between the two. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. Don't say, I suck, I'm awful because this is my story too. I did something else that was awful. I sinned in this other way and you're feeling that. Don't let it drive you to depression, but let it drive you to your knees. Come on now, okay? Like don't, don't go that way, okay? Some of y'all are feeling that right now. God slaps me, I go back to college. Uh, my mom said, you should go back to college. I was like, I don't know anybody there. They've all graduated, okay? That's weird. Uh, all right, fine. So I go back to college. I felt the Lord in it. And, and you know, I finally decided, okay, I'm, I'm done with that life. Like, that was dumb. That was really stupid. That's not who I am. God just had to re- refocus me, re-identify me, okay? And then about eight months later, I met Lindsay. And I told her about a month into our relationship, everything. I told her all of it. And I said, listen, I get if you don't want to be with me anymore, but like I get like I'm like damaged or whatever, you know, like still feeling guilty, shameful, you know. But like if you, you know, if you could find in your heart like to be with a guy like me, like she's an angel. She's never done anything wrong in her freaking life. I'm telling you, man, she's just, she's like, I don't have a testimony. Yes, you do. You stayed true to the word of God. Your parents raised you well and like, it's just a beautiful thing. I wish more of us had that story. Just because you don't doesn't mean that you're any less. But I felt that. And luckily she was able to forgive me and we were able to like have this beautiful relationship and we never messed around or anything. Like we stayed pure all the way up until marriage. And it was so beautiful because I never... I had never done that. I'd never seen that, what that would look like. And, you know, it's, she accepted me, not for who I was, but for who I was becoming. You understand that? But we got married and I was still feeling guilt and shame. I worked at a a great church in Oklahoma for five years, okay? It was amazing. Two years in, I got this incredible word, radical. You know the story if you've been here for any period of time, but if you haven't been here, I want to tell you about it. The Lord spoke to me again, and this is called a prophetic word. It's a word of knowledge or word of wisdom, whatever you want to call it, okay? My, five people told me I should plan. I'm going to give you a very short story. I'm going to try to. It's so hard. Five people told me to plan a church. I said, no way, Jose. Y'all are crazy. Not doing it. Because why? Because of who I was. I'm not qualified. No. And then... <clears throat> my pastor says, you should plant a church. And I said, you're the fifth person to tell me that. That's crazy. He's like, you should go pray about that. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I go pray and I'm like, Lord, give me the name of the church. I'm spitballing now. I'm like, come on, Lord. And then I felt like he told me to be a radical believer, a radical worshiper, 
have, I would have radical boldness to preach the word of God. And then I thought, radical church. Sounds kind of cool, right? <laughs> it sounds, sounds a little edgy. So then two days later, we're in a prayer meeting at our church and a lady who does have, is full of the Holy Spirit, okay? Just hears from God, comes up to me and says, grabs my hand out of the air, courage, stand up. <clears throat> She's over, no, no, you stay there. I'm there. She's over here. Put your hand on the air like you're worshiping. Just one. I had a broken arm. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly how it was. It was my room. She comes from over here. Beeline. Radical preaching. Radical worship. Radical boldness. Radical faith. Baby, I don't know what that word means for you, but your word is radical. And I said, Didi, do you have any idea what you just said? Say it. You have any idea what you just said? No, baby, but I'm going to keep on praying. Come on now. <laughs> she left and goes back over and like, you know, like, whoa. That's exactly how it went. Exactly. Two days later, I had not told a soul. Not told Lindsay, not anybody. I turned to my wife and I said, Lindsay, I'm supposed to play in a church and it's going to be called Radical Church. She said, we'll talk about this later, honey. Okay. <laughs> Hey, it's okay. You're okay. Hey, come here. You, come here. Come here. It's okay. Come here. Come here. It's okay. You're not who you were. You're not who you, you're not that person. That's not you anymore. You're a daughter of God. Do you understand that? Don't hold on to that anymore. That is not you. That is from Satan. That is your old life. You are a daughter. You have a new identity in Christ. I speak that over you right now in the name of Jesus, that you are not that woman anymore. You are not that girl. You're not that person that made those mistakes. But God is making you new right here, right now. Holy Spirit, baptize her right now in the name of Jesus. Come upon her, God. In fire and power, Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, we need more of you here. More, God, more, more, more. You have a destiny over in your life, a destiny. God has a plan for you that's greater than anything you could imagine. All you have to do is just receive. You don't have to work. You don't have to try. Just receive. That's it. That's all you got to do. Thank you, God, that you're doing it right now. You're breaking off guilt. You are, stretch your hands out towards this girl, please. You are breaking off guilt. You are breaking shame. Father, I bind those in the name of Jesus right now. And we declare that that will no longer have a hold over her for the rest of her life. That God, she will serve you in power and authority in the name of Jesus. We declare that right now. Stay with her, please. Hey, God's working on you. It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna pray. We're gonna keep praying. You just keep praying, okay? And how many of you would be willing to cry like this in church and just get over it? Get over yourself. Are you too worried about who's around you? Too worried about your reputation, about looking weird? Or are you more concerned about who you are in Christ? 
Y'all just keep going. You're good. More. More Holy Spirit. We planted this church in 2020 in the hardest season that has ever been to plant a church in the last hundred years. Maybe the Great Depression, I suppose. Like, sure. And I know how to do church. I'm gifted. I know I am. God's anointed me and called me to ministry. I can preach, I can write a message on Saturday night at 10 p.m. and come and deliver it and people will get saved. I could just, you know, I, I could do it. And they'll say, wow, great job, pastor. But the Holy Spirit wasn't in it. Can the Holy Spirit use it? Sure. You get a great creative team, a great worship team, sounds great, the music's wonderful. It's great. We have great music here, right? It's awesome. You get a speaker who's doing just good message and good marketing. I know how to, I'm a marketer. I'm a digital marketer. I know how to do social media marketing. Anything that you see from us, I have my hand in it. Our team, Paige, does a great job. That will grow a church. But if you grow a church outside of God, it will look like me. But if we grow a church with God, it will look like him. That was a word I was given yesterday by a man named Todd White. Some of you know him, some of you don't. Some of you hate that guy or you're freaked out by him. I don't care what you think about him. Have you prayed for people recently to be healed? Have you prayed, have you gone out and seen sick people get up? He was at the hospital yesterday praying for a guy that had paralysis in his back. His, this guy was with us and he said, hey, can you come to the hospital and pray for this guy? He said, absolutely, let's go. Let's go pray for him to be healed. Big smile on his face. Oh my God. I've been afraid to stop doing church, to start being the church. I've been afraid to step out and go deeper. The word that God gave me, you were here for that, some of you, deeper. It's now. Okay? It's happening. It's now. God is taking us deeper. He's taking me deeper. It has to start with me. He's taking us deeper, okay? These are my fears that I had. I'm gonna tell you my fears, and then I'm gonna tell you what God did with them. Number one, my fear was that people will leave. What if I preach this kind of a message and people leave? It's too weird. I, I, just, I just wanna go to a church where I can sit on the back row and just be comfortable, God never called you to be comfortable. Y'all are messing around. You're on the back row, but I know you're in it, okay, guys? It's all right. Come on now. They were like, we're on the back row, but like, wait. It's, <laughs> I saw you guys. I know. If you want to be comfortable, that's fine. Go somewhere else. That's okay. Might not be ready for this or whatever, but the disciples weren't ready for the upper room. Do you think they were ready? You think they knew what was going to happen to them? They had never been taught about tongues. They didn't know what was happening to them. If you have to leave, it's okay. I'm not, you know. But don't. You shouldn't. <laughs> this is more important than lunch. I'm sorry. 
What if people leave and the church crumbles? The church I went to in high school, the charismatic church, crumbled, just fell apart. Another church I went to, charismatic church, very similar, believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, crumbled. That's all I've ever seen. So that's a fear that's within me now. I'm afraid that I will lose this church because of the message of Jesus. How does that even make sense? So stupid. What if people come? What, what, if people, what if people leave? That's my first fear. What if people come? Remember these people over here, the, the Lutherans and all that stuff? Like they were, I could handle them. They were easy. But these wackadoodles over here, they're a different breed, okay? What if, what if the weirdos come? You know who I'm talking about, okay? Like you've heard them, you've seen them. Joey's one of them, he's over there. I texted him last night. I said, bring the flags. Get ready for war. <laughs> he said, he sent me a gif. It was like, thank you. It was Dwight, right, from the office. It's good. Thank you. What if they come? What if the weirdos come and like we're like the, you know, the weird charismatic church or whatever? You know, like, okay, that's my second fear. My third fear, what if I pray for people and nothing happens? Right, that's the fear that I think most of us have. Like, what if I step out and nothing happens? What if I go to Whataburger and I pray for the guy and nothing happens? That's my third fear. What if I pray for you as the pastor of this church? I pray for you, nothing happens. Fourth fear, what if something does happen? Now what? Like, now what? You know what I mean? Like, I've never gone up, I, what's your name again? Brianna? Brianna? Y'all just came two weeks ago, right? Three weeks ago? Yeah. Brand new, okay? And like, I've never just gone out in the crowd before and like, I don't even know you, Brianna, but like, you know, that's amazing. God's working on you. Yeah? You feel the Holy Spirit working on you? That's awesome. I've never just walked out in the crowd before and like hugged somebody and prayed for them. I've never done that. Now I'm leading in the unknown and like, I don't know, I've never been here before because I've done church and I can do that. I'm really good at it. It's my gift. So that was Monday. That was Monday. And then God, Monday night at about 10 p.m., I wrote out all my fears, those four things, and then God just started destroying every single one of them. What if people leave? People left Jesus. They left Jesus. He was performing signs, wonders, and miracles, and that wasn't enough for them, apparently. It says that he had started to gather a lot of people, and then he starts to, he says this thing, he says, you can have no part of me unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Right? And then, <laughs> and it says that they said, that is a hard teaching <laughs> to accept, is what it says. And many left him. Everyone leaves. And then it says, he turns to the disciples and turns to Peter and says, what about you? Will you leave too? And he says, where would we go? Where am I going to go? Like, you're all I have. Like, you're all I want. Like, I don't, 
There's no other option for me. Where will I go? They left after the miracles. Can we just... These people left Jesus after he had already done the miracles. They saw it with their own eyes and it wasn't enough. Now think about that. I saw a miracle when I went to Whataburger at 4 a.m. and prayed for that guy. That was a miracle. Did he get healed? No, but it was a miracle that I even saw it. And then I was there and I prayed for him. And then I got freaked out and I stopped praying and stopped seeking after God and I slept with my girlfriend a few months later. Connection was cut off and I didn't have that connection again with God for a long time after that. What if people leave? Jesus had people leave him. What if people come, right? That was my second fear. What if the weirdos come, right? I've seen some weirdos, guys. The the charismatic church I was in, y'all, it was weird, okay? Like, a lot of it was weird. Like, cackling, laughing, like, you know, rolling around on the floor, like, Pentecostal, okay? Like, charismatic. It was weird. Like I said, I was the conservative in the charismatic church. Remember, I was like, you're weird. Like, (laughs) you know? And let's just get this out of the way. A lot of that was for attention, okay? It's not all from God. And that, ooh, that's what the Lord told me. What if people come and the weirdos start coming, the people that are just like fired up for Jesus, you know, like, ah, you know, speaking in tongues all over the place, whatever, you know, that's weird. Thessalonians 5, 19 through 22, the Lord revealed this to me. I, I don't know why I never seen this. The Holy Spirit illuminated it to me, apparently. Do not quench the spirit. okay. Don't want to quench the spirit. Good. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. What is that saying? Don't treat the prophecies and the weird things and the signs and wonders with, con- with contempt. Like, don't push it away and say, no, that's weird, or I don't like that, or stop that. Or... But it says, test them all. And what does it say right after that? It says, hold on to the good, and reject every kind of evil. If it's from God, hold on to it. If it's not from God, there's accountability, there's discipline, there's instruction. Reject it. The reason those churches crumbled was not because, oh my goodness. The reason they crumbled was not because God was, not, God was moving. It's because the leadership did not have the gusto to stand up to people that said something was God that was not from God. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? There were self-seeking and attention people that were just like, well, you know, like going crazy or whatever. And you know, sometimes maybe the Holy Spirit can do that. I'm not saying he can't. But it says test the spirits, right? Discern. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is discernment. Did you know that? I have that gift. God gave me that gift. That's why I can sit in the middle between Catholics and Lutherans, Baptists and Methodists and non-denominational and then Charismatics. And I can stand in the middle of all of these, right? And I can discern these things. It's a gift. So discern the, test the spirits. 
There's accountability when God moves. It's not that you can just do whatever you want and say it's God and I just have to say, okay. No, I'm the pastor and I have discernment. And there's something within you that's not right. There's pride or there's insecurity, whatever that might be. People would fake miracles at our church so that they could get the microphone and tell a testimony. That's demonic. So God said, what if people come? Fine. Teach them. Train them. Give them guidelines, right? We talk about these things. Like, let's work this out. Let's figure out what this looks like together. But don't treat it with contempt. What if nothing happens? What if I pray and nothing happens? Does it change the truth of Scripture? If your experience does not line up with Scripture, your experience is wrong. Do you understand that? Like, if you have a thought in your head that does not line up with Scripture and you think that it's truth, it's not. It's evil. It's demonic. You're listening to the wrong voice. If you pray for somebody and they don't get healed, well, God wants that to happen. I guess God has some master plan. I just don't understand. No. Just because... Are we living by our experience or by the Spirit? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? We, we take our experience and make it truth, but it says the, the, the Spirit will guide you into all truth. And if you're, if you're believing something that's not in the Word of God, then it's not from the Spirit. It's not accurate. Like, you're, there's some kind of thinking that's wrong. We need to address the lie that we believe and replace it with the truth of God. Amen? The last fear, what if something does happen? What if something does happen and, and, and people get slain in the spirit or like somebody starts bursting out in tongues or something crazy or whatever? You know, we say crazy, but it's in the book of Acts. So what if something does happen and now I have to lead this church through that? God led the Israelites or the Hebrews through the wilderness just fine. He led them. And I have this fear that things start happening and I'm not going to know how to lead through it. But what if something does happen, though? What if people get saved? What if it's not about trying to figure it out? But it's about being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God so that people would say yes to Jesus. That he would confirm the word of the gospel of Jesus with the signs. So I had four fears. I was afraid. Bill Johnson says this, fear will always attract whatever information it needs to legitimize its existence. Fear will always attract whatever information it needs to legitimize its existence. devil's a liar, man. Monday night, God tells me, I have all these fears. I write them down. God starts to kind of work with me a little bit. <clears throat> and I, I, I've heard of Todd White before. I've actually led worship for him one time, a uh, long time ago. And I felt like I was supposed to do something. I was like, I can't preach this message on Sunday until I get filled 
Like, I have to be full of the Holy Spirit to be able to release something. I can't give you what I don't have, right? And it's not that it's coming from me, right? It comes from Jesus. Jesus baptizes you, but there's something about the anointing that Jesus, the Holy Spirit wanted me to preach this message today, and there was no way I was going to be able to do it unless I got filled and set on fire for God. And so I was reminded of Todd White, and I went and started watching some of his videos again. I used to watch on YouTube. You can find him just healing. He goes out praying for people in the streets. Every restaurant he goes to, his server gets saved. Like, it's crazy. Or healed or something like that. Literally, the dude's just on fire for God. It's ridiculous. And I was like, man, they have these conference things called Power and Love. Like, I want to go to the next one. I wonder when that is. It was four days from then. This is Monday night. There's a, a power, there's only three or four every year. And it was Friday and Saturday. And God said, go. Because if you do not go on Friday and Saturday, you won't be able to do what you need to do on Sunday. So I called Jeff Garner. His wife, Michelle, was just leading up here. The next day on Tuesday, I said, Jeff, will you come with me to Power and Love? It's in Arkansas. We got to fly there. I just, I feel like God told me to do it. He said, absolutely, canceled plans, let's go. So we go to Power and Love, okay? We're in Arkansas now, Little Rock, come on now. God told me to preach on the Holy Spirit, we're there, Todd White's preaching and all this stuff. And, but then I was reminded of a few things that had just happened a few days before. We had like a, a staff disagreement, okay, like right before I left. You know, we're family, all right? We had a little bit of disagreement, like a staff thing going on never really had anything like this before. And I was just looking at it and I felt bad. I was on the phone with Michelle talking to her and I laughed and I felt so bad afterwards, but I laughed. I was like, this would happen right as I'm having this moment. It's just, it's just like the same formula. I'm on to something. I sleep with my girlfriend, cut off. I have this vision of this guy in Whataburger, right? You know, like, it's just like cut off. So anyway, I have this disagreement. I laugh because I'm like, not today. No, nope, not today, Satan. You're not doing this to me. Uh-uh. You're not getting me. You're not getting my mind off of what you're trying to do within me. This is not happening. Not right now. I just recognized it for what it was. And then we get to, Lindsay didn't want me to go either, to be honest. She was like, this is hard. Like with the two kids, this is really tough. And I love my wife and I know that, but she ended up supporting me, but I was like, Nope. <laughs> it's like, nope. Nope, not today, Satan. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So I ended up going. Our AC goes out at our house when I'm on the plane. The power goes out at Jeff and Michelle's house when we're on the plane. Come on, guys. You can't make this up. Am I going to be distracted or am I going to press in? I laughed again. I felt bad. I was like, I'm so sorry, Lindsay. Like, I feel so bad. She's like, why are you laughing at bad things? I was like, I don't know. I'm sorry. We get to power and love and I'm terrified. I cried the entire first service because I'm still full of shame and guilt from my past. This is two days ago. I felt like I needed to ask they do this outreach time. So you go to the service, then you go outreach, you go pray for people. You just, they don't give you any rules. You just go to lunch. It's the everyday Christian life. Like wherever you go, tell people about Jesus, right? Just go to lunch or go to Walmart and go pray for somebody. I felt like I wanted to ask Todd White. I was like, 
I wanna ask him if I can go to lunch with him. I, there's that verse about sitting, you know, sit at the end of the table and don't ask to sit next to, but like sit at the end and then when they call you up, then it will be to your honor and glory. And so I thought this in my spirit. I didn't tell Jeff, I wish I would have because it would have even confirmed it again, but I felt in my spirit, I said, God, I wanna sit at the end of that man's table. Just put me at another table across the room and let me watch him burn for you and save somebody at this restaurant. I don't even care. I, I don't even have to talk to this guy. I just wanna sit and I just wanna be at the same restaurant and just watch. I didn't say anything though. So anyway, that night, me and Jeff, start tell, I start telling him my testimony, what I just told you guys. I told him, I had never told him before. I don't talk about it a lot. I probably should, but. And then uh, Jeff was like, man, that's not who you are anymore though. And I was like, I know, but I'm just like, like I struggle with that. Like I deal with that. I feel guilty a lot. He was like, that's not who you are, man. I was like, I know, I know, I know. But like, you know, dealing with that. So the next day, Todd gives this whole message Oh, no, no, no. That day we went to Walmart. I forgot. I almost forgot. Went to Walmart with a random couple. Started praying for people. I was terrified. Just randos. Just walked right up to them. There's a guy that was super bold. They like pair you with people who are like really confident. And then I was like, I'm the not confident. He's like, if you're not confident, raise your hand. I was like, I kid you not. Most of the people there were confident. They like went to the front and then I didn't know who to go with. Anyway, they invited us to come with them and pray with people. And I got a word for this one lady and it was just really powerful and God moved and I got, I started to, I'm starting to see who I am. You know what I mean? Like I'm starting to build this confidence. The fear is starting to like fall off of me. Okay. Um, so anyway, that night I share my testimony with Jeff and then the next day Todd asks, if, he gives this whole message about, you know, sexual sin and different things like that. And he was like, you know what? There's some people in here today that have never forgiven themselves. Like that they don't understand that you're like in a right position with God. Like you're still holding on. You're just saying like, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You know, I'm just trying to make it through. He's like, no, you're a son. Like you're, you're, you're a daughter. Like you have identity in God. Like that is not you anymore. The old man is dead and gone and you are a new creation in Christ. That's the good news of the gospel. You're not that person anymore. And so he said, is there anybody that is feeling that way? Like just feeling guilty about yourself and like your past and everything or whatever. He's just like, I don't remember exactly, but all I knew it was, it was me, whatever it was, it was me. And I just immediately raised my hand. And then he said, put your hands out like this. I put my hands out and he said, this other guy was kind of like starting to cry a little bit. And he looks at him, he's like, no, don't do that. And then he looks over at me and I'm crying almost. And he said, no, you, points right at me. He says, there's hundreds of people here, by the way points right at me and says, don't cry. Just in the nicest, kindest voice, right? And just like, don't cry. And I was like, I literally, this, I was right here and I'm just like crying. I was just like, just like that. I'm like, you know, trying, you know? And he's like, no, don't cry. He comes down off the stage, right up to me. Courage, stand up. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Put your hands out. <laughs> He says, man, put a smile on your face, man. You're a child of God. You're a son of the most high. You have destiny. You have purpose. That guy's gone. That's not you anymore, man. Put a smile on your face. And I was like, I can't, I can't. And then I said, no, no, no. It's the Holy Spirit. Put a smile on your face. He's like, this is good news. And I was like, 
<laughs> and he was like, come on, man, there it is. And he's like, that feels better, right? And I was like, yeah, man, it does. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And then he prays for us, and then it was broken off in the name of Jesus. Every fear, every piece of guilt, every bit of shame that I ever had in my entire life or my past and who I was, was broken off in one moment. Yeah. Yesterday, in Little Rock, Arkansas. His assistant runs up to us. I felt like I needed to stay, and it's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just gonna stick around for a second. And I felt weird. I was like, do I need to leave now? Or like, I don't know. Like, that just felt, you know, like Holy Spirit's. So anyway, I was like, I guess we can leave, Jeff. So we start to walk away. His assistant runs up to me, and he's like, hey, man, do you guys have anybody to go to outreach with? I start bawling immediately, because I already knew. And he said, you wanna come with us? And I said, yes, please. Can I go with you and Todd? I would love that, man. I'm thinking I'll sit at the end of the table, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Come around the corner, and he said, just wait here. And we went to like three places, and it was full, and we finally get to this place. And I sit right next to Todd, which is cool. You know, like I'm sitting there, and then this guy drops my plate of food, uh, the waiter. He drops my plate of food right behind Todd. And he, they were bringing our food out. And then he, and Todd turns around and he says, oh man, it's okay. He's kind of, he's got dreadlocks. He's, he's oh dude, you know, he's just that kind of guy. I relate to him. He says, uh, hey man, oh, it's okay. Like, I, that's a mistake, bro. It's fine though. Like, I've made so many mistakes in my life. You know, I was a drug addict for 22 years. I got shot at point blank and Jesus saved me. I, and, and, and Jesus saved me and changed me in my life. Man, do you know Jesus? And he was like, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, you can tell he's like, thinks he knows Jesus, kind of a guy, right? I mean, like, he kind of does. But like, doesn't really know him, you know? And then Todd just starts leading this guy in prayer and just sharing the gospel with him and sharing who he is in Christ and like, and, and just really the truth of, of God with him. And I'm sitting next to Todd just watching this, like, this is awesome, eating my, this is great eating my chips, you know? His daughter's sitting next to me. She's 11. She's just like having a blast, you know? It's so cool to see. And then for the next 20 minutes, Todd just poured into me. And I told him my fears. I said, listen, I've been afraid for so long and my God told me to come here and I felt like I was supposed to be here and I don't know why, but I know I wanted to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know how to do it. And he said that line, he said, man, like you can be afraid. That's not from God. God has not given you a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. That's what he's given you, right, man? And so you're gonna go back home and you need to tell your wife, Lindsay, I haven't even told you this yet, wherever you're at, but I'm telling you now, oh Lord. He said, you, he looked me dead in the eyes. He said, you go home and tell your wife we're gonna risk it all. because God's worth it. Jesus is worth it. If I lose everything, it will still be worth it. Joey over here told me a few months back when they first came, he said, you know, man, I came to Radical Church, and he was, you know, I was offended at first, I'm not gonna lie, but like, <laughs> he didn't have a lot of tact when he said this, but it was from the Holy Spirit, I think. He said, you know, like, I came to Radical Church, and to be honest, I thought it'd be a lot more radical. And I was like, yo, dude, I just met you, right? Like, he's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Probably not, but it was the Holy Spirit, so it's okay. 
Ever since then, it's convicted my heart. God did not give me the name Radical Church for us to be dead. There will be radical salvations in this place, radical healings in this place, radical prophetic words in this place. There will be things that you won't be able to explain that will happen in our church and through our church. It doesn't even have to be in this building because if it stays in this building, it will die in this building. But if it goes out from here, then it will remain, it will live on. It's a part of our everyday lives, guys. It's not just for an hour on Sunday mornings that we come in and worship for a little bit and feel good about ourselves and then go on sinning the rest of the week. He said, shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? What does the word say? Absolutely not. And then what does it do? It starts to talk about your identity for we have been set free. I am no longer a slave to sin, but I'm a child of God. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You are a saint. You are a royal priesthood. God has set you apart from this world. He will change you from the inside out if you'll let him and if you'll ask. You can be saved and you can be baptized in water and you will go to heaven or you can have the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness in your everyday life and see people saved, healed, delivered, and set free everywhere you go. It's for others, but it's for you that the fruit of the Holy Spirit would be more evident in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control will abound in this church and in you personally. It's not about me praying for you, man. I was, that was another thing. Todd was like, I don't need to pray for y'all. It's Jesus that does it. You don't need me to lay hands on you or anything like that. Like, just, just you ask. It's not a process. It's not me that's doing it. Or like, I'm like, if we anoint him with oil and then we say, hootie ha ho, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, no. You have to want it and you have to ask for it and then you have to receive it by faith. Maybe some of you speak in tongues or whatever for the first time and you'll be like, what in the world's going on? That's what happened with me, okay? I'm just, that's what happened with me. Some of you, maybe you won't. Some of you, I mean, you might have some kind of physical thing that happens to you. The, you know, the disciples in the upper room sure did. The, the shook, violent wind, tongues of fire, speaking in tongues, other languages and weird things. Are you guys drunk? No, it's nine in the morning. No, like, that was weird. Some of you might not. Don't judge, them. Don't judge what the Holy Spirit is doing in you based off of what it looks like, Okay? Just because somebody shakes on the ground doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's more on them than the person that's in the back of the room on their knees, okay? I'm just not afraid anymore, guys. I'm sorry this has gone, no, I'm not sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a word he gave me. We're going deeper, guys. I mean, like, it is what it is. Some of you will leave today and you'll never come back. I wish you wouldn't, but you will. There's so much more. Stand up, if you will, if you can.
Oh, Lord, Lord Jesus. Now? (laughs) There's a few things I want to pray for you guys about, okay? A few things. Some of you need to receive forgiveness from God. You have not been living a life that honors God, and you know it. You're stuck in sin. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus before. You need to give your life to Jesus now. It's the best thing you'll ever do in your life. Not the Jesus that you've heard about, okay? Like, not like the, what that one pastor said one time or like what I think I know about Jesus. No, no, no. You need to give your life to the real Jesus, the Jesus that loves you, that cares for you, fully God, fully man, died on a cross for your sins and mine so that we could have life more abundantly. And some of you are living in sin and you need to be free from that and you need to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, come down to the front right now. If that's you, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus. You know you're in sin. Be bold, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Teenagers are gonna be bold. Is there anybody else? Come on. Come on, man. Some of you are saved and you know who God is, but you have never forgiven yourself for what you've done. You have held on to the guilt and the shame and the condemnation of your past for years. Today, it's gone in the name of Jesus. Get down to the front right now. Now, come here. The Holy Spirit will draw you in. Do not be afraid. Do not stop what God wants to do in your life. Don't reason your way out of it. Just do it. Your kids need to hear this. They will find Jesus from a young age, every single one of them. Hey, sweetie, you okay? I know I sound like I'm mad. I'm really not. I'm normally a very happy person, okay? You are so happy right now. Do you know Jesus? Do you know who that is? Oh, my goodness. You're going to know. It's going to be awesome. I love it. Love it. Forgiveness from self. You have held on to those things for too long. If that's you, come here. Is there anybody else? The last thing is if you would like the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire. I've preached on it. I've taught you about it. Get up here. Or just somewhere. Just make a move. Sometimes you just have to have a physical movement, right? Like, like God doesn't call us to be comfortable and sit in our chairs, but like to move, to physically get up and take an action. It's not, there's nothing special about the front, okay? Does that make sense? Like there's nothing special about you being here. It's just the fact that you were bold enough to get out of your seat and come up here is what God will honor today.
Some of you will... Today is your day of freedom. Like you're never, you're never gonna have to live like to... Yesterday, for the first time in my life, I've been a pastor of this church for almost two years and I carried this the whole time. Can you just be honest with yourself enough to just be like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. That's not who I am. I'm, it's broken off of me. I will not carry that anymore. And I will seek after God in a new way, not out of my brokenness and out of my, my shame, but out of an identity of knowing who I am, that I am loved by God. That he loved you and me enough to send his son to die for us. Come on, like, do we believe that? Do we believe it? Put your hands out like this. Hey, if this isn't you and you're just like, hey, I'm, you know, you already know, just be praying. Come on, people. If you've already dealt with these things and you got the fire of God in you, just be praying. Come on now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Just start to release those things. Would you just lift your voice and pray? Just be bold enough to just say something and just release it to God. Just release it right now to God. Release. You're not saying, you're not saying, I'm sorry for who I was. I'm awful. God, would you forgive me? Would you save me? Listen, listen, all you have to say is, God, that is my old life, and now I am a new creation. Start to, to proclaim those things over yourself. I am a new creation. Come on, say that. I am a new creation in Christ. Repeat after me. I have been bought with a price. I am a royal priesthood. I am a son or daughter of the Most High. I am not a slave to fear or to sin, but I am a child of God. God, show me who I am. Build in me my identity, not based in my past, but in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me so that I could have life. And Holy Spirit, baptize me in your fire right now in the name of Jesus. And now start to just praise him right now. Come on, just lift up your hands, lift up your voice. Would you just ask God right now for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you? Listen, we're not done. There's a perseverance that God requires of us. There's a perseverance that he asks of you, that you wouldn't just pray a prayer, but that you would live a life. Come on, pray out loud. Talk to God. He loves you. He's real. 
You're not that person anymore. Come on. Now we can live in the freedom and the fullness of God with the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness to everybody around us. That is you and that is me. Come on, just keep praying. Michelle, Jeff, Kevin, Emery, Bonnie, up here, please. Y'all know what to do. Just pray. Listen, it has nothing to do with me laying my hands on you and praying, but there is power in the impartation. That All that means is I'm gonna put my hand on you and just say, God, would you do it, right? Like just whatever you're doing in me, doing them, okay? And you, all you have to do is receive it, okay? You might speak in tongues for the first time. Don't stop it. Don't be afraid. You don't know what it looks like. It's weird, okay? I get it. But you will never walk in the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit until you move your mouth. God's not gonna just open your mouth and start yabbering for you. Like you have to have faith, guys. You have to become like a child. Everybody should be more like you, honey. Yes. If you are not like a child, you're not gonna receive this thing, okay? Just ask God right now, I'm gonna stop talking and I'm gonna start praying. And I would ask that everybody that is still here in this place that you press in right now, okay? Press in. You can, come on, let's pray.
Am I on? Okay. Give glory to God. Come on. Give glory to the creator of the universe. God, you are holy. You are good. You are mighty. You are worthy. Thank you for your love and for your grace and forgiveness that you've adopted us into the family of God. That we are free from our sin. We are no longer bound by it. That we can live a life that honors you and share the hope and the love that we have with people around us. Happy Father's Day. You're getting to know the Father's heart better. I'm learning, okay, guys? This is something, this is hard for me, okay? But the Holy Spirit's making it easy, okay? I had like PTSD stuff that I had to deal with the last few days from my experiences in my past, from my own mistakes and from church and, you know, things I had seen that I was like, that's fake, that's not real, you know, that kind of stuff. Come on, man. That's gone, all of it. All of you that came up here and all of you that are still here in this room, it's because that you see that there's something here, right? There's something to this. You don't get it yet, but there's something to it. Press into that. Maybe you like got your prayer language and you spoke in tongues for the first time and that you're like, whoa, what's happening right now? That's the Holy Spirit working on you, okay? We'll teach you about that over the next few weeks, okay? I'll show you what that looks like in your everyday life. Maybe you didn't. Go home and pray. Get alone with God. That's what I had to do. I was out on the playground, and I said, God, I need more. Bam! Fire of God fell upon me. Don't settle for less. Like, don't settle Okay? That's not what we're going to do anymore. We're done with that. All right? <clears throat> Let me pray a prayer over you, and then we will go have lunch <laughs> with our dads. people in here that want to have kids that can't. You will be a father. Receive that. Father, I thank you for your heart and your love for us. God, that you convicted my heart and what you're doing in me and what you've done in me this last week, you're doing in them now. And God asks for more. More wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation would be upon us. Not just that we would be wise and that we would have understanding, but God, that you would give us a revelation of who you are in your spirit. A revelation of, of understanding of who we are as a son and daughter. Just like this identity thing is so strong right now. This forgiveness thing, forgiveness of self. God, I just praise you that you've done it, that these people can walk away from here completely changed as I walked away yesterday, completely changed. I've been a Christian my whole life, God. 
and I've settled for less and I'm done. Don't let us settle for anything less than the fullness of who we are in Christ and our destiny. I just pray destiny over these people right now. I pray uh, just power and authority over these people right now, over these students, that they would just take over their schools with the gospel of Jesus in the name of Jesus. We ask that right now for fathers and mothers, that their families would serve you, God, because of the way that the kids see the mom and dad living it out. God, I pray that you would not let us reason our way out of what you want to do with us, but that you would infect us, like possess us with your spirit. Thank you that you're baptizing us in your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the testimony that we are now free and forgiven sons and daughters of God. And Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory. Can you give him praise again? I am minus, minus 67 minutes and 46 seconds. Okay, here we go. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. I just have one more thing, okay? If you want to, please tell us what happened to you today. I wanna know about it. Testimonies uh, help others to have faith, okay? Share your story. Go to the church website and email us. My email is trevor at radicalchurch.life. Not that hard. Send me an email and I will share testimonies next week. Go home, pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, receive it by faith that God will fill you with more. Something happens to you, man, you just feel this presence. You go talk to somebody about Jesus. I wanna know about it. Share it with us, okay? The last thing, all I have to say, Michelle will kill me if I don't, okay? This Friday... We have summer hangouts, okay? This is a time for us to gather together, have dinner together. That's all it is, okay? Follow us on social media. I don't have time to tell you the locations and things like that right now. Just follow us on social media and, uh, and make sure you are on our email list. You can do that online and we'll send you an email with the locations and times. It's Friday at like seven o'clock, okay? Buda, Kyle, and San Marcos, please go and fellowship with each other and just have a great dinner, Okay? Uh, God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Happy Father's Day. We love you. See ya.